0: What's good, listeners? This is Jeff Staple from The Business of Hype. As you might know, we're on a brief hiatus right now. We are researching, gathering, and fine-tuning all new episodes for season two. We're gonna be back in a few weeks, but in the meantime, we are still coming at you each week with new content. So one of the episodes we're gearing up for is an AMA show where you, the listener, can ask me anything you want and I'll answer them over the air. I've already been getting a ton of great questions, so keep them coming. You can send your questions via email to questions at businessofhype.com or you can tweet them to me over Twitter, I'm at Jeff Staple. Now some of the questions so far have been really deep, really philosophical and tough, which are the ones that I love. The more interesting the question, the more likely it'll make it on the air. So a question like, how many sneakers do I have in my collection, probably won't make the cut. Now, I know I sound like a broken record when I say this, but don't forget to subscribe to Hypebeast Radio wherever you listen to your podcast. Share it with a friend, like right now. Think of a friend and share the link with him. Go ahead, I'll wait. If you're on iTunes, leave a comment to me to let me know what you think of the show. I always love hearing ways the business of hype can be improved and can be better. It's a two-way street. Let me know what you think. Now, you know, one of the questions I get asked most often is what other podcasts do I listen to? I'm like a podcast fiend. I'm constantly looking for new and fresh content to consume. And in my commute, I just love listening to podcasts. Now, one that I recently discovered was the Blamo podcast hosted by Jeremy Kirkland. Blamo covers the worlds of fashion and technology and how they intersect. They talk to notable personalities who shape these industries from actors and athletes to editors to journalists. It's an awesome wide range. Now, some of my favorites have been Eugene Tong, John Caramonica, Ouija Theodore, and Nick Wooster. Amazing, amazing guests. And so this week, what I wanted to do was share an episode from their show that is my absolute favorite. Now, unless you've been living under a rock for the past year, you've probably heard of Away Travel. It's a luggage line that's redefining not only the product design of luggage, but also how luggage is being marketed and sold. Jeremy got a chance to sit down with Jen Rubio. She's the co-founder of Away. And it's an awesome insight into the explosive growth of this brand that took over an ancient industry. It was an industry dominated by the old guard. And Jen and her team at Away have just been killing it. So pull up a chair and enjoy this episode from our friends at Blamo. Take it away, Jeremy. Welcome to Blamo, a podcast
1: exploring the world of fashion and culture with the personalities that shape it. My guest this week is Jen Rubio. Jen is the co-founder of the travel and luggage company Away. I'm sure you know the company I'm referring to, right? You know, the wheeled luggage you see at every airport now, that carry-on luggage with the built-in battery pack people use to charge their phones with, the luggage that Carly Kloss and Rashida Jones all use now, the luggage that's so simple it's pretty much perfect? Yeah, that company. Jen and I talk about the ups and downs of entrepreneurship and how through incredible branding and product design, they actually made buying luggage cool again. Miss Jen Rubio. Hi. Welcome to Blamo. I'm so glad you're here.
2: Thanks. I'm so glad you're here in my office. I
1: know, right? Can <laughs> Welcome. I, can I say for a second, so I come into your office. First off, I didn't know that you have a little botanical garden thing down there. And Oh, that,
2: that stresses me out, that thing.
1: Do you know there's turtles in there?
2: Th- there are turtles, <laughs> um, and I'm not sure how they're alive. Right. Yeah, that water is not very clean. I was just
1: looking at it, and I was is like... Is my landlord listening
2: to this? Please clean the pond.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, I was like, wow, um, oh, there's live turtles in here. But anyway, I come into the office, and I've been in here a couple of times, because um, Mark Chu is a friend of mine who I met, and... All of a sudden, there's like, you guys are about to outgrow this place.
2: Yeah, we're five months into a five-year lease. <laughs> and we have, let's see, we have six desks left. Um, it's a bit stressful. We talked about it yesterday in our management offsite. Um, I, don't, I don't know what we're going to do. Yeah. It'll be a surprise.
1: It's all right. I mean, it looks I like just, people got a lot of space. You can just be like, all right, everyone, team yeah. player. Everybody, Sweet, everybody share in. your desk. <laughs> <laughs> right. Um, we'll have
2: a robust, a robust work from home program. <laughs>
1: yeah, that, that's key. So one of the things I want to talk to you about, you are the co-founder of a travel and luggage company called Away Luggage. That's
2: right. You got me, not, not my better half.
1: Oh, yeah. <laughs> yes. With uh, Steph Corey. Mm-hmm. And uh, I wanted to talk to you about how this started. Some of these things I'm sure that you've probably answered and discussed before. Others, of uh, stuff we're going to talk about maybe totally new. I don't know. But where? Let, let's just go back to the beginning. Where did you, where's your background? More or less, where are you from?
2: Oh, God, that's such a tough question because i have kind of one of those people that grew up all over the place. Um, I mean, how far back are we starting? I was born in the Philippines. Oh. Um, lived in the Philippines, Hawaii, New Jersey, New York, LA, London.
1: Well, how about this? When, <laughs> when you meet someone at a bar and they say, where are you from? What do you say?
2: I say New York. New York's home. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> New York is home. And even when I was living in London, um, you know, this is where I would come back for the holidays. And my family's here and in New Jersey. Um so yeah, I'm like an East Coast uh bred person, I guess.
1: That's cool. Did you go yeah. to school here?
2: Um, I went to Penn State for a couple of years. Okay. I guess we'll get there. Right. <laughs> right. In right. This, later in the story. Right. Stay so, tuned.
1: Well we're we're gonna we're gonna jump around a bit. Um, did you always have like a passion for marketing. I mean, what was like I feel like everyone when you're younger, you have this idea of what you want to be. And then as as you get older, you oh, reconcile yeah. the idea with what you what you became.
2: Uh-huh. I wanted to be a lawyer okay. for 17 years. Wow. Yeah, I was like a I was like a pretentious three year old who <laughs> like wanted to be a lawyer. Like I heard someone say it once. Right. I was like, I wanna be a lawyer.
1: You're like litigating dinner options. Yeah. And, and stuff. I was just
2: like, you know, it's like super argumentative and bossy. I'm like a true Leo. My birthday's in two days. Um, really? Mine's the 18th. Oh, yay. Happy birthday yeah. to us. Us Leos. Yeah. Um, I'm like the ultimate Leo. <laughs> <laughs> For like, oh, that makes sense. <laughs> like, I don't even believe in star signs, but that makes sense. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, uh, I always wanted to be a lawyer. I don't know why. I just like had it in my head. And you know, when you're like a kid and you have this in your head. Right. You think you're gonna do it? Um, and I had this whole thing. I was gonna go to to Duke and study pre law. Why Duke? I don't know. It's not on TV or something. Probably because I actually I don't know where these ideas you, came from. You
1: wanted those Blue Devil sweatshirts because they were the coolest thing in the nineties.
2: Yeah, maybe I wanted that like a like a starter jacket. Yeah. Um, but it's my parents didn't go there. My um, you know, my entire family is like in medicine. Oh, wow. So I don't know where this came from. Maybe it's because I didn't want to be a doctor and I thought like the only other thing that was acceptable was to be a lawyer.
1: Right. There you go. Um,
2: I didn't know like what any other jobs were. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's what I wanted to do. I, um, I actually got deferred from Duke, I ended up going to Penn State and I was just going to go for a semester. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, <laughs> I got there and I was like, oh my God, college football. <laughs> And then I rushed to sorority and I was like, this is awesome. And my parents were like, cool. So um, pack up your stuff. You're going to Duke next semester. And I just never went. Oh, nice. Yeah. Never went. um, Never studied pre-law. I ended up studying supply chain. It was like one of two or three schools at the time um, who offered like a supply chain major.
1: Yeah, I didn't even know that was amazing. Yeah, what's a
2: what's a supply chain? <laughs> um, it's actually funny because every like how we kind of divide up the company is um, you know everything that's kind of like brand, brand marketing, partnerships, mm-hmm. uh, things like that. I um, I kind of drove in the beginning because that's you yeah, will get there, but that's like basically been my background. Sure. And um, Steph, my co-founder, she's our CEO. She's like the most. I, she just runs like the company and is so incredibly well. And it's because she has this, this amazing like supply chain background. Right. She knows how to like just keep things going and push things forward. And now I'm the one that's kind of like all over the place. Um, it's, a,
1: it's good. You have a kind of a division of labor here.
2: Yeah. Yeah. It's a very, it's a very clear division of labor. Um, You know, it's very like left brain, right brain. And I think it's so funny because, um, you know, she'll talk to me about supply chain stuff, and like I'll I'll know what she's talking about. But I think everyone else in the company is like, mm, Jen probably doesn't understand what that means.
1: <laughs> do you like actually? <laughs> uh, my major was supply chain.
2: Yeah, like one of five people. So scoot over to that chain. desk. It's
1: now for two. <laughs>
2: <laughs> you know what? I'm going to share it with you. you like that? <laughs> but um, but yeah. So I I went to school, studied supply chain, and I personally had just always like you know i guess i, I obviously didn't know this at the time because like there, there's not like a normal
0: mm-hmm.
2: like teenager who's like i really love brands and the way people interact with them that's like a weird thing to think about but i guess looking back like i've always cared about that i've always like um no you're not so much in the form of like logo t-shirts and things like that but i've always been like very brand loyal very like conscious of like what brands i use and buy
1: yeah. um
2: and i think that I don't. I have always been like that, as far as I can remember.
1: What posters did you have on your wall when you were younger?
2: Jonathan Taylor Thomas
1: <laughs> and Mario Lopez. <laughs> there you go. Okay. So yeah, they're,
2: they're personal brands. There, that's I true. was all about their personal brands. <laughs> um. Yeah, I actually wasn't allowed to have posters on my wall. Oh, uh, and then one time I, I did you. it and like, did um. know, yeah, obviously, like used all the wrong tape, and then like oh, rip, yep. ripped it off and rip off the. And then I was wall. like. Eh, that's why I'm not allowed to have posters on my wall. Yeah. Um, anyway.
1: So these personal brands, that, or excuse me, these brands that you were loyal to. Mm-hmm. What, well, like what were some of these other brands?
2: So I went, I went through like a lot of phases. Okay. I was like uh, in high school, you know, who knows who they are in high school, but I was really like, let me, let me find out. I went through like a skater phase where like. Airwalks. Uh-huh. <laughs> Airwalks. <laughs> we like bought everything from Pacific Sunwear. Yes. Yes. But was very, like, loyal to that, you know? Okay. Like, head to toe, like, Burton.
1: Burton. See, I would have pegged you for Hurley.
2: I had, that was a, I had a Hurley phase. Yeah. Um, I had, oh, man, I mean, there were just so many phases. I was also, like, a cheerleader. Okay. So there was, like, a time when I really stuck to that as my identity. Yeah. Like, you know, like, rolled up Sophie shorts and, like, um, you know, like, a cheer tank top.
1: And jellies.
2: That would say cheer. (laughs) we're like I think you're a cheerleader um but I think I I also really just like would go would kind of I wouldn't say like pick these identities but I'd be like oh like I, I guess looking back I can frame it this way I was always really interested in like culture and subcultures and would just like dive straight in like if I was like in my skater phase I would like date a skater I would dress head to toe and whatever I thought were cool skater clothes when I was like 14, you know, I would get a skate, I would hold a skateboard. (laughs) I was not very good at skating, but I would kind of just like embrace that phase fully. Um, and then almost like kind of just like explore it. Um, and I I was very, I was very, very self-aware, I guess. I mean, I didn't know it at the time, but I would like know what I was doing and then, um, and then it'd be over. Right, And then be like, on to the next one. Um, but I think that was, that's like a, that was a big catalyst for kind of my interest. I'm always interested in like how people interact with things, um, whether it's like, you know, I've, I've spent a lot of time like working in tech. So it's like, you know, how do people interact with like apps and websites? And like, what is that user experience? Like how do our customers at Away like interact with our suitcase? Um, and kind of the, I guess like the emotional side of that, um. So it makes sense that I'm the, the right brain or left brain or whatever side that is. No, I understand.
1: <laughs> no, that, that's fascinating, and it's good that that's, you know, that's something that's really thought of because, and you know, we're we're skipping around, but this is this is totally fine it's really tough
2: to my brain. (laughs) 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 I'm not a linear thinker.
1: It's really tough. I think in this day and age to figure out what it means to connect when so much of what we like, maybe you and I in the past has been about tangible connections, right?
2: Exactly. And I think it's like, if you think about, you know, what I just said, it's like, I was going through these phases. It wasn't as if it was fake. It wasn't like, I'm going to be like a skater girl, or I'm going to like embody this like cheerleader personality, right. I like fully embraced it and was like, <laughs> I'm doing this. Like, and I, I loved every second and like, and I just feel like I've lived like a million lives, but it wasn't, it wasn't like a facade. right? Like in that moment in time, in, in whatever point in my life, I like fully embraced it and was that person. And I guess, you know, if you think about it, you know, from a higher level, like now that I'm older, it's just, it, it's really given me a framework for understanding how people like want to interact with brands right? and what makes them want to connect with the brands. Like if, if you care about brands and not, not because of like logos or price, but like, I guess I've always had this inherent understanding of how interacting with a brand can make someone feel like I would put on that Hurley shirt and
1: acceptance.
2: and Yeah. <laughs> and I, I'm sure maybe some people are listening to this and they're like, no, they're oh, probably like, like, like a pose- right on their like smack in the steering wheel. <laughs> but I think it's like a lot of what we've built with Away is like, you know, we do photo shoots and I mean, so lucky, like incredible places. Like our first one was in Panama. Then we went to Tokyo, Jaipur. Um, oh. We're supposed to go to Toto Santos, Mexico. Um, yeah, supposed to go to Baja next week. Just had to cancel it. So we're going to go like Italy instead. Oh, that's uh, tough. Tough. But it's like... <laughs> I, we understand that not every single person who buys an away suitcase can go to these places, but it's about giving them the context of like the life and the travels that like the suitcase stands for. And I think, um, you know, obviously like I didn't study that. I guess maybe some people can study that nowadays, but it, it's more of this understanding that like people, yes, we, we have an incredible suitcase. We spent a very long time developing it to really make the perfect suitcase. Right. Um, but it always blew my mind how um, luggage companies never talked about travel. They talk about zippers. They talk about wheels. They talk about whatever material it's made out of. They talk about all of these features. But I feel like a a big part of why people um, have connected with Away uh so deeply mm-hmm. and so quickly. I mean, we've, we've been around for like a year and a half um, and have sold like, I don't know what it is, like $30 million of suitcases of some or something. Oh geez. Yeah. <laughs> and um, I, I think, yes, it's because it's a great suitcase, but they're also drawn into like um, this idea of like this lifestyle. Right. Um, and, and being empowered to travel in, in the way that we convey right. the way that we talk about. So I think that has, um, you know, obviously if if you have a crappy product, that's not going to cut it, right? Like cool photo shoots and like a great editorial site, like that's you know you have to have a great product at the core of it. But there's so much more that people want. Like people want that context of, um, and they want to know how like how this thing fits into their life and like how much better it can make their life.
1: Right. Well, that's that's pretty fascinating. What's, well, and
2: that's the, that's a podcast. <laughs> well,
1: let's, let's jump back a second here. What, what led to starting away? Cause from what, I, and you can correct the story on me here. From what I have heard or researched you and Steph, uh, the, your co-founder mm-hmm. met at Warby Parker.
2: Yeah. So we started at Warby Parker on the same day in August. Just in, right down the street. Yeah. Right down the street. They've it used to be like a few blocks away. Now it's a few more blocks. Okay. The other way. Um, but we started on the same day, uh, in 2011, there were like less than 20 employees. Um, she came on board to do supply chain and I was, um, I started there to do their social media. So just totally opposite sides of the business. And I think it was because of that, that we like really bonded because nice. we didn't really work together. Um, you know, I would like take samples from her desk and things like that. But I think we, I, you know, there was like a. A sense of like, you know, we work at the same company, but we're working on totally different things, and um, bonded really quickly. Um, but I think that was the first time that I kind of had hard evidence, and not just like a personal interest in in like a brand, but hard evidence that you could build this brand that stood for something, and and you know, we were a part of building that brand. Um, and it could radically change an industry. So at the end of the day, um, you know, when Warby Parker, when when I started Warby Parker, they sold like I don't know, like twelve pairs of glasses, um, in a few different colors. Right. It wasn't like this, this you know, incredible assortment that they have now, and like yeah. tons of collaborations. retail it was, stores, and all. Yeah, that. Yeah, it other. was. It was. Um, it was like a dozen pairs of glasses. Um, and they were they're well made, they're well priced, and all of that stuff that you know, kind of draws people to buying a product in general, mm-hmm. but more than anything, um, they had, they had built this brand or they were starting to build this brand. And I think, you know, if I look back to those early days, I remember, um, there were like a ton of Warby Parker copycats. Yes. And not, not like, not like, uh, not like other eyewear companies that were starting out, but like, straight up like taking images from the Warby Parker website.
1: Oh my gosh. I didn't even know that. Yeah.
2: There was (laughs) one, there were a lot of like cease and desist letters. That's super awkward. Um, I was younger (laughs) and I was like, Oh my God, this is insane. Um, but I, I actually remember one of them. If you, uh, looked at their like terms and conditions, like Mm -hmm. the footer of the page, it said Warby Parker. They just like copied and pasted (laughs) it. Um, but I remember all of these and like, you know, I didn't, I didn't have like a, like a kind of super high level view of how this would affect the business. Right. Um, but I, I remember just thinking like, this is, this is insane. Like there's so many people copying, like, how are we going to stand out? Um, and I don't think a lot of those guys like aren't around anymore. I actually don't know if any of them are the ones that I'm thinking of anyway. And it's because, you know, you can literally copy a product overnight. You can copy a website, but you can't copy like the way a brand makes you feel yeah or a know? story or a story yeah. and I think um you know I can I can backtrack and think about how like storytelling has always played like played a big role in my life mm-hmm. um without even knowing it but really that was like oh this is this is intentional this is what we're doing this is a storytelling focused brand and this is what it does right um to to like the consumer relationship right you know it was like all the puzzle pieces coming together you know like that meme with like the the math lady, yeah. looking around, <laughs> it was like that. I was like, "Oh, a brand, right?" Um. So yeah, then that's when I, I've always been interested in like brands and technology and how people interact with these things. Um. But that was the first time I really got to be a part of of building something.
1: So I mean, how did that actually happen? I mean, so do you like I am Steph, and it's like I got an idea. Let's do this.
2: Yeah. So I mean, fast forward, like we were at Warby Parker for like two and three years each right, respectively. Um, and we, I moved to London, um, to work at, uh, at a fashion brand in London. I was there for a couple of years. Okay. Amazing experience. And I was, I was traveling a ton. Um, we had like stores all over the world and, um, I was also leading kind of like their innovation lab. So I was flying from London to San Francisco. Oh my gosh. To Korea, where we were launching to a factory in Turkey, just like, hundreds of thousands of miles. Um, Wow. And I'm like, and I just always, like, I cared so much about, you know, I was like, I'm going to Korea. Like, I'm going to find the best place to stay within my budget. Um, (laughs) Best place to stay, best place to eat. Who am I going to meet there? And I put so much thought and and effort into everything travel related Mm because that was my life. But I had, like, the crappiest bag ever. And I never, never thought twice about it. You know, there was never a part of me that was like, I need a nicer bag. Right. And that's, it's not because like, I don't like nice bags. Like I had like nice handbags. Yeah. Um, <laughs>
1: but your travel bag. Yeah, is my slight, travel yeah. bag
2: was, but I just never thought about it. And right. then um, I left that job. I was still living in London. I was thinking of like what I was going to do next. Um, and I was in Swiss, Switzerland. Yeah, I was in Switzerland. And my bag broke. And it was just like, it was such a disaster because, like, the wheels were – it was, like, a two-wheel bag.
1: Ah, fudge.
2: Oh, tragic. <laughs> um, and one of the wheels was already, like, on its last leg, but then the handle broke. And I was just like, okay. So I had to do this um, – I had to kind of, like, scoop it up in my arms like a baby mm-hmm. and kind of, like, walk across the entire airport that way. Then I was like, okay, <laughs> got to get a new bag. And it went on Facebook, and I – um you know, did like the very like millennial crowdsourcy like yeah, that's and the thing
1: these days, right? Yeah,
2: yeah. I mean, who was looking then. for recommendations? Yeah, now now it's like cool to not ask. <laughs> it's cool to like know the secrets. But um, I was like, hey guys, like need a new suitcase. What do you recommend? Because I did that. Like, if you think about, it, I did that for all of my travels. Like, hey, I'm going to Seoul. Like, where should I go? I right. get amazing recommendations from my friends. So took to Facebook, asked my friends, and literally no one had a good answer i would be like, oh, I don't know, like, don't get my bag. Or it's like, oh, I've been using this like weird bag that I got from my internship. This like Ooh. crappy duffel bag. Or um it's you this know, Goldman
1: Sachs on it. I yeah.
2: Don't... <laughs> <laughs> from my Ernst and Young orientation.
1: Yeah.
2: Um, or it's like this like this thing that I found in my mom's basement. Or, you know, I had a couple of friends who like just had some very like I have a goyard trunk. Like, okay, <laughs> Can I borrow it. <laughs> um <laughs> But I was like, no, I carry my own luggage, so I cannot buy that.
1: Yeah, that seems. But fair. <laughs> um,
2: but it was just such like a, in, I think in a world where people are so brand loyal, mm-hmm. and um, and really care about what, they, and again, it's not about you know having like, not it's not about like wearing like head to toe Gucci. It's about people wanting to identify with the things they carry. Right. Um, and and people want it like people's things like represent them now. Um, and I think in a way that that's that's more true than ever, um, you know, people who sleep in a Casper mattress do it because like, it stands for something. It's not just like a really comfy bed. Yeah, that's true. Um, there's a lot of comfy beds out there. Yeah, but there's you a lot of comfy that. beds. You mm-hmm. choose that one for a reason. Um, so, you know, there's, there's a lot of options to buy glasses. Like Warby Parker wasn't the first company to ever sell glasses for under $100. No. Like, but they 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 made it feel that way. Yeah. Um, and it was also just like you wanted to have Orby Parkers on your face. Um, so I think it really struck me that um in this world where people do care about what they carry and and also care so much about travel Mm -hmm. um that that no one had like a a strong recommendation. Normally like especially um obviously like a very biased group, it was my Facebook friends. So there's a selective bias there already normally like a brand or a recommendation will bubble up to the top um which is kind of annoying like sometimes if i want to go to paris like i've already been to all the like the three places that everyone agreed that i should go to
1: go to this place called like lottery
2: yeah (laughs) 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 um but like we i it just really struck me i think um i was like there is not uh a luggage brand out there that like people really identify with. And it's crazy because a lot of people travel and everyone needs a suitcase when they travel. Right. Like why, why doesn't this exist? And it's because everything else, out, everything out there is, um, you know, well-designed, well-made, but super expensive or it's like cheap and it falls apart or it's just like something that's been handed down to you. Right. Or just given to you and, and you just don't care. And I don't think I went into this being like I'm going to make people people care about luggage, but I was like there's like a from a brand side of things, there's a real opportunity here to um to create a brand that people care about and a brand that like thinks and talks about travel a certain way um and then just happens to make like a really great suitcase. Yeah. Um it wasn't as seamless as that. Like obviously my mind went like all over the place, but that was the general idea brewing in my head. So I um I think I still have the Facebook message somewhere. I actually oh, that's uh, so good. Sent Steph a Facebook message in January of 2015. I was like, "Hey girl," I would never say that to her now. But I was <laughs> like, "Hey girl, how are you? How's business school?" Um, I have a, like an idea for a brand that I just want. I want to like pick your brain on because like I obviously don't know how to make luggage. Um, and she's like a the queen of like product development. She did all the product dev at Warby when we were there. Oh, okay. I was like, "What's a factory?" Um I was like just want to pick your brain and she was like wait. She's like this <laughs> this is such like a She was like um I think luggage is one of those industries where we can make like a meaningfully different consumer experience by going direct to consumer and I was like
1: you're like wait did you edit this before like, you like, sent it I was to like, me? Really?
2: <laughs> where are you? Yeah. Um, she was actually in San Francisco. Uh, like on like her spring break or something. No, it was it was on her winter break from um from business school and we just sat and we ended up, um, Skyping and we were talking, we talked for hours about how like the luggage industry sucks and how she was uh, consulting for Casper at the time. Oh, she was- And I was, I hadn't heard of it cause I was in London. Right. Um, and you know, they had just barely launched and she was like, yeah, it's like this mattress company. It's the same thing as we saw at Warby Parker And she's like, eyeglasses and mattresses, it's like such a boring category, but they're doing the same thing. They're building this amazing brand and they're direct to consumer. So you can make, you know, a really high quality product and sell it for a third of the price. And I was like, okay, but I just like need a factory. You know, I was just (laughs) like, I don't know what you're talking about. Um, but we really just kind of like latched onto this idea. And I was like, I'm coming to New York next week. Let's meet up. Um, let's talk about it. And I went to New York the next week. Um. I actually like tried to get in touch with her. Like I was there for like 10 days, for like eight days. She did not respond. I was like, okay, whatever. Oh, <laughs> I've been there. Yeah. I was like, all right, cool. Um, just take this back to the drawing board. Yeah. But, um, on my last night in New York, uh, we, she responded, she was like, Oh, I'm so sorry. I like the skiing. Um, uh, she was like in business school and was like, not,
1: and plus, like, I think, you know, it's an idea you're kicking around over Facebook. Yeah, for sure. At like, the time. Like, thought anything yeah. of
2: it? Yeah. Um, and, I mean, it's not like I was, like, waiting outside her house with a boombox. <laughs> <Being like, laughs> oh, <"Please."> good one. <laughs> <laughs> um, but she, uh, we sat down and, again, just talked for hours and hours. And then I just never went back to London. Oh, geez. Yeah, I, like, um, uh, her boyfriend at the time, now her husband uh, was probably like, what is happening? But I just like slept on our couch for months. Um, and you know, it was all obviously like a really unique place to, um, be able to start the business like this because, you know, a lot of people have to think about like, am I going to quit my job? Am I going to, um, make the leap and, right. and become an entrepreneur? But I was, I just left like a great gig. I was like, had a lot of flexibility and like what I wanted to do next. Um, I was actually in New York that week because I had been like interviewing for kind of like VP marketing jobs at like a bunch of fashion companies. Mm -hmm. Um, So it wasn't, it it was a real luxury. I will say that. Um, And she was in business school um, and she had a semester left. So we kind of had um, the luxury of being able to like sit on her couch every day and and, like talk about like the luggage industry. Um, But we did that and we were like, I don't think we ever made the conscious decision. I mean, of course we did cause there was like paperwork and things like that, but it was never like, okay, we're going to start a company. It's going to be this. It just kind of snowballed into like we were doing a ton of research and then we were looking for like ways to do the things and the ideas that we came up with. And we we're like, Oh, would we, could we design this ourselves or do an industrial designer? And then all of a sudden we were on a plane um, to San Francisco meeting with industrial designers. And then we're like, Oh, well let's see if someone can make this and then we we're in China and then we we're like oh we need we need money to like order the first it just kind of snowballed. Right. And then a year later we launched.
1: I mean that's that's <laughs> that's a pretty incredible story and I think one of the things I want to call out about that is there is you know what I'm seeing as as you and I've been talking like there is an unbelievably strong hustle that exists.
2: Is there, Uh, I'm like, I'm like leaning back in this chair about to fall over. (laughs) Well,
1: I'm, I'm glad that you're, you're calm and relaxed, but like your story in general, like that is something that I constantly am seeing. And I think a lot of people, um, have this idea of, oh, I could do a company or I could do something like this. It seems really easy. Oh, like. I I want to disrupt, I'm gonna I'm just looking at the table, the the candle industry, right? Like the candle industry in general, you know, is so ripe for disruption. And the thing is, is like like when you tell me the story of a way, it happened because one, there was something that you cared about that you mm-hmm. needed in your life that was influ- like that was a part of your life. And you were like, I think we can do this better. And then just this hustle, this this You know, like sleeping on a couch and like giving up your job and then not giving up on, you know, on Steph about having this conversation over and over again. Like that's not that's not something that people have. A lot of people will be like, okay, screw this. I'm going to just pull out my phone and go on back on Instagram. Like and so I just think that like that's such a powerful story of of hard work. And I I think that one of the things that I've heard from a lot of other people when I told them that I was going to talk to you is that whether you realize it or not, you and Steph not only is Away becoming this, you know, phenomenal brand that's doing something, but also you two are becoming this, these, uh, beacons of entrepreneurship, <laughs> uh, especially with women and, and empowerment of women.
2: Yeah. And I don't know, if, I don't know if we have like our own version of imposter syndrome because it just, it just doesn't, I think when you're in it, it doesn't feel that way. It's like, this is something I care about. And that's not, I don't want to discount that because I think that, um, the caring about something and like the, the giving a crap portion Mm -hmm. of, of starting a business is something a lot of people overlook. I think you can, um, you can work really hard, um, and be really smart and ambitious, but if you don't really care about the thing you're doing, it makes it so much harder to start a business because, if I, if we didn't care about it, it wouldn't be like, oh, um, you know, like we had to fly to China, but we had to be back in like four days. Um, so Steph could take her finals. <laughs> um, and we were like, but let's just do it. And we like drove around China to like different factories. Are you, that's crazy. Yeah. And it was, and you know, we were trains and cars and like, you know, none of the factories are like near anywhere convenient. Right. So it was just like hours of travel. Like we were awake for those entire four days and then she came back and took her finals. But like if we didn't really care about what we were doing, if this was just like, uh, we're starting a business for the sake of starting a business.
1: Yeah. Like how soon can we sell this or how can we make it worth a bunch of money? Yeah. I mean,
2: there's a million times that like I would have just given up if I didn't care. Right. Um, and I think, you know, I'm looking out at this room of like everyone that works here and it's insane. We have like 70 people now. Um,
1: and I mean I don't, I don't know where some of them
2: are. No.
1: <laughs> and you started, you said twenty eleven.
2: So we started working on it. I, I I Facebook messaged her in um January of twenty
1: fifteen. Okay. Oh geez Louise. And we yeah.
2: launched February of twenty sixteen. Okay, so this is, and it that's is pretty quick. It is August of twenty seventeen. <laughs> uh yeah, so it's been like a year and a half. Um live. We've been right. for like two and a half years. Um but it's hard, right? But it's it never felt like, you know, this is hard or insurmountable. It was just like, this is we, we're really enjoying it. And mm-hmm. I, I think that's why when um, people are like, you guys are like beacons of entrepreneurship. I'm like, I don't know. We're just having a ton of fun. <laughs> um, well, I mean, it's good
1: because if, if you're not totally in, you know, enwrapped in that world, like, it's easier for you to continue to do what, like, you're being called out for, which is just having fun and working on this company and building this company up instead of being preoccupied with, you know, what, I don't know, what someone from ad age or someone would say, I I don't, you know what I mean?
2: They have written nice things. Oh no, Um, (laughs) I I don't even
1: know. I was like, what did
2: they say? (laughs) Um, No, but I I do, I do think, and I I have seen this um, kind of as an outsider. um, It is very easy. uh, And I have a lot of friends who have like admitted to this, like, it is very easy to get caught up in this like um i don't want to i don't know what to call it but um into this like image of being an entrepreneur because there's just so many things that you think you have to do like you know like you don't have to go um instagram from necker island yeah um to be like a good entrepreneur <laughs> but you also but also doing that doesn't make you a bad one right um i just i just think there's so many i think it's like being a founder is like very hyped up um and no one actually wants to talk about like, the work.
1: Oh, you know, no, that that's that's I I,
2: I, not that I necessarily do right now, but no, but you know what I mean. It's like, a lot of times it's like, like no one wants to talk about you know, what did what did we do last night? Like staying up till two in the morning to like redo an org chart. Yeah. Like that's, that's not sexy. No way. Oh, I thought you were yeah. traveling
1: around with just this luggage. everywhere. Yeah, exactly.
2: <laughs> um, or like, you know, when you are, you know, people want to talk about like keynoting at like some big conference, but it's just like, you know, sitting on the train and like losing your slides. Oh like, geez. 20 minutes before. Oh God. And like having to go on there and like wing it. It's just like, there's, I mean, those are just like two totally random examples that actually don't sound like very hard work, but there's just like a lot of like unsexy stuff. Yeah. Um, you know, there's a lot of like HR stuff that you just have to think about. And, um, like no one wants to talk about that. And I think everyone, um, and rightly so everyone celebrates founders and entrepreneurship. And I think there's just so many other founders that I admire and that, you know, we definitely wouldn't be here without kind of like their support. And like, Having gone through fundraising and hiring and and scaling and doing all of these things before us and mm-hmm. and giving us their lessons and we try to give back to um, you know we are we're always like meeting with people who are just starting their companies and um, giving them advice or i don't even know if giving them advice is the right thing, but just, just telling them what we experienced yeah um, but I think there's a lot of that behind the scenes stuff that doesn't get celebrated in like a medium post that gets a thousand retweets you know what i mean <laughs> no I, um, I totally hear you and i i i do think those things are great and a lot of people learn from them but it i uh, there this like silicon valley like rock star thing is so is like such a real thing yeah um and there's there's so many people out there who are doing like incredible things that just like no one knows about them just cuz like they don't have a pr team and they don't have a twitter account
1: right i you
2: know <laughs> yeah so shouting out to all those people no <laughs>
1: no i appreciate it um one of the things that we were talking about earlier is this the story of travel and away and how you were saying earlier that you have you know i mean i remember when i was younger i had american tourist luggage that i gotten mm. from my grandpa that was like kind of cool but it, you know whatever and all of it was just about how strong it is. Like Samsonite used to have this whole thing where their, their whole shtick was like the strong elephant, enough. right? Yeah, strong yeah, enough yeah. to stand on, right? And like some of that stuff is really great, but it is interesting to me that there's, yeah, there wasn't this concept of travel and moving. And one of the things that you've, and this is maybe Away or you in general have gotten is a lot of these, I'll put it this way. Away made it cool to have luggage. When in general, I would say luggage sucks. And
2: I'm beaming right now. No, that's it, like that's. I mean, we we probably don't stop enough to like think about this. Yeah, but that is really um, that kind of like embodies everything I w- was thinking of before we started the company.
1: Yeah, I mean, because like, like you know, and I was being a little bit you know brash saying that, but like, it's not pleasurable with luggage. Like, there's nothing. Yeah. You know, like I have shirts that I bought and I put in my closet, and I'm like, yeah, I like that shirt.
2: And also, just like <laughs> a lot of times, um, the the experience of buying something, yeah, makes makes it worth it. Even if, like, you know, I have things that I I've only worn like a couple of times, maybe because they're like special occasion dresses or something. But right. just like the experience of going into like that store and like trying them on, and like the retail environment was amazing. I'm yeah. like, I'm such a loser. I go into a store and I'm like, this is an incredible retail environment. No, that's. Um, no, but you know, but just like the atmosphere and the people and then our interactions and like the way that buying that thing made me feel. Yeah. Sometimes I'm like, that's enough. No, just kidding. I obviously love the dress. Too. <laughs> but, um, but a lot of that is so emotionally charged. Um, and you kind of think about that every time you look at that shirt or that dress. Yeah. And, and, so, and the, you don't have that with luggage. You would go to like no. Bloomingdale's. It's a chore. You'd go to the luggage floor. You'd be like, they all look the same. Like, it, why is this one 600 and why is this one 100? Yeah. And why is there 40% off with an extra 20% off and then a 10% off? Have you opened a Bloomingdale's car? <laughs> <Yeah>. You know, you're <laughs> like, what, what's happening?
1: Yeah. That's a, that's a whole larger issue with the retail industry. Yeah. But like, you know, so, cause the thing that I see everywhere now, like I was just traveling and I see away luggage everywhere. And I don't know is like, okay, am I looking for it? But like in general, like away luggage isn't like bright pink reflective sort of thing. It's not like we it's do have easily a pink spotted. One. <laughs> oh you do oh that's right. Yeah. But but like in my head, like it's not something that stands out and says, like, you know, look at me. It's but And we
2: did that on purpose. Yeah, but because it's, I don't think anyone wants luggage like that. No.
1: Know? No. And you know, so, but so I'm seeing these already out there already, you know, people, you know, one of the big things is, you know, people, you can plug in your phone to your luggage, mm-hmm. uh, charging your phone from that. Like I, the funny thing is it's also one of those other things that I didn't realize how much I needed until I forgotten to charge my phone the other night. And then yeah. I had to walk over and then there's like five other people by the stupid Delta stand and I'm like trying to plug my thing in. And then the guy accidentally took my USB charger but we didn't speak the same language. So I was trying to explain to him and then I just felt really stupid and he took my, I lost my charger. Yeah.
2: No, it's a, (laughs) it's a, he'll pay it forward. Um, But (laughs) you know what? It's one of those things and and we hear it all the time, like because we designed the bag so thoughtfully and because Steph and I both travel so, so much um, and and it wasn't just for us. It was, um, well, maybe it was just for me, but no, we really, we interviewed hundreds of people We like really figured out what makes a good piece of luggage good. Right. Um, We designed like a ton of things into it and it's never like stuff that's going to be like the star of the ad campaign, like the built-in laundry bag. I can't even tell you, like I'll go to a party and people will be like, are you one of the founders of Away? And I'm like, yeah. And I'm like, they're going to talk about the charger. And they're like, (laughs) let me tell you that laundry bag has changed my life. And I'm like, "Oh, oh, (laughs) but it's just, it's because like every little thing, it's it's not like a a the the charging is great. Don't get me wrong. Charging's yeah. amazing. Um it has saved me and many of our customers on on multiple occasions. But it's one of those things that you start to use the bag and you're like, "Wait, I used to be bad at packing, but like the way this is designed makes me a better packer." Yeah. Or like I used to like Steal like plastic bags from the hotel to like put my wet bathing suit in. But oh, yeah, now true. this laundry bag exists, and now like, or now when I had like open, um, you know, when I open my luggage at like, at TS at the security checkpoint, right? Um, I'm like losing my grasp of the English English language. No, you're good. Um, you're good. You know, like when I open my bag at the security checkpoint, like all of my like underwear is going to fall out because it's oh, like in this laundry bag. Yeah, yeah. Or like I don't know. It's just things that you notice as you use it that you're like wait this this is what makes luggage or this is what makes travel more seamless and more enjoyable right um because it is a little cheesy when we're like this luggage will like empower you to like travel better um and it's just like marketing speak but it it really when you start using it and you're like this is so much easier i'm not worried about it you know i have this whole um Kind of group of guy friends who they all like played lacrosse in college, (laughs) and they like don't want to be seen with like a bros. Yeah, (laughs) well you said it, not me. Yeah, it's all right, Um, hey guys. (laughs) Um, But you know they they just refuse to use like a a bag with wheels. Okay, they would like trudge through the airport with their their like duffel bags, and the strap would be like digging into their shoulder. And I'm like, guys, please just just support me. Um, <laughs> actually I gifted it to a bunch of them oh, nice, and they're like, wait, no, this is amazing. Yeah, You know, I didn't know I needed this or I didn't, I, d- I didn't know it could be this easy. Yeah. Um, and I think it, because a lot of this stuff is just like, it, it's very th- thoughtful, but it's not like, it's not the stuff that like you'd put on a billboard. Right. Um, or like in a magazine ad, but then you start to use it and you're like, some the people who designed this like really care about travel yeah um and it's good and i think it's that's what's helped us with like a lot of word of mouth um i actually had this like amazing kind of like out of body experience two nights ago i was um i was taking the red eye back from la and actually if you fly jfk to lax that's a huge away route like i've oh yeah i've never been on that flight and not seen an away bag since we yeah. launched um, That's interesting. Which, you said away route. I was like, oh, yeah. yeah. I get it. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but,
2: but, yeah, it's it's been super cool. But obviously, like, a lot of early adopters, many of our customers are in New York and California. Um, and I was sitting there, and I'd had just, like, the longest day. Um, and I took, uh, like, I took a sleeping pill for the okay. red eye. And I, I boarded early. And everyone's, like, walking past me. And I'm just kind of, like, drifting off into la-la land. Um and I see a couple of way bags and it's, and it's, it's, it never gets old. It's super exciting every time. Um, but, uh, but you know, I am like, I have, I see it every time, right. uh, which is great. Um, but then this girl walks on and she has, um, she has the, the gray bigger carry on and she's charging her phone with it. So like you see the white iPhone cable, yeah. uh, coming out of the bag and it's in her hand and you know, she pauses in the aisle and uh, like behind me. And, uh, someone's like, that's so cool. Is your suitcase charging your phone? And I guess she didn't hear cause she had her headphones in. Right. Um, and somebody else goes, Oh yeah, that's one of those cool away bags.
1: Oh, that's pretty cool.
2: And the flight attendant goes, yeah, we see those all the time. And I just, I like want it. Were you like, That's I, me. I, I wanted to say something, but I was literally, I was like, my brain was like melting. Cause I, um, I had taken this, the sleeping pill. Um, and then the flight got delayed. Oh boy. So I was like, like in sleep mode already. Yeah. And I was just like, it like really won't look good if, if I'm like, I'm the founder. Of a way. <laughs> um, so I just kind of just kind of kept my mouth shut and was just like beaming with pride because it's, it's, I was like, these are like our NPS promoters.
1: Uh, hey, there you go. That yeah, promoter um, score.
2: Yeah, exactly. These are like these are this is why um Away has grown so quickly. Um it's like it's like the word of mouth and people talking about it and people like being genuinely excited about what we're doing. Yeah. Um and and that just there was something about that that just like like hearing a couple of different people talk yeah. about the thing that we were building and um and how it's like made things better for them. That, that was really awesome.
1: Yeah. Well, one of the, the last things that I want to call out here that um, we were talking about is earlier, we were, you were talking about how you would, you know, when you're younger and you're finding these clothes, clothing brands, whether it's Hurley or uh, Airwalks and stuff, that like you had that because you went. Jenkos. Wanted- Jenkos. There you go. <laughs> Jenkos. You know what's funny? Jenkos were supposed to come back and they kind of never did. Like,
2: Wait, I'm, these are kind of like Jenkos. No, those are cool.
1: But I don't know, but it was, it's just that big pocket where you you could put a two liter bottle in, (laughs) but all those things people would get, not just because of, um, what they wanted people to believe who they were, but they wanted acceptance. You wanted like, I think Mm -hmm. there's a very vulnerable time. And I only say this because I loathed high school. It was one of the hardest things I ever had in my entire life and I hated every minute of it, but all I wanted, it just
2: means you didn't peak in high school. (laughs) There we go. All I wanted to do is... I might was... have, truthfully.
1: <laughs> right. Like, all I want to do is be accepted. And I think one of the great things about Away, and I want to be very careful as I say this so you hear me say it in the right tone, that um, people are now, like, being accepted over this luggage because now it's this icebreaker. Now it's this <laughs> thing you can talk about. Now, like, now, you know, there was a conversation that wouldn't have happened had this woman had some other luggage or something else, you know, like all these people chose to interact on that. And that was the icebreaker. And I think, and I'm really stretching this here, but I think in a world, in a society where people have never been more closed off and have never wanted to surround themselves around their own echo chamber Mm -hmm. (laughs) more than ever. Like it's nice that there's things out there that people can see and talk about and also be accepted in. And also like one of the things that's great and this is the last thing I'll say and I always say this because I'm a huge Roy fan. Uh they didn't pay like 10 grand to get that because I can be accepted into the cool kid, you know, Goyard club, but I don't have 10 like, grand. Like stand
2: in line for the Supreme Louis Vuitton collab. Oh
1: jeez. Yeah, I actually thought about like, I, I tried. <laughs> <laughs> I thought about doing it too and I was like, "You know what? I just I can't. I'm not." Uh and I just think that's really beautiful and that's one of the things that I wanted to make sure that I called out is that you've, there are a lot of people out there that I feel like they can now, you know, be in and around with everyone else because they have this, this piece of luggage, this. So, I mean, I think that's really beautiful.
2: Oh, thank you. Yeah, I actually, in my, in my like Tylenol PM induced state, this is like an ad for them. Um, but I, Sponsor. I was like texting, uh, a friend of mine. I was like, guess what just happened? Um, it's so like, it wasn't very coherent, but he got it. And he was like, think about the conversations that happen when you're not around. Yeah, right. It's like so emotional. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's, you know, uh, it's, it's very humbling. I think it's, um, I think in the beginning when there uh, were less customers than there are now, and there, there's always been like more than we thought, you know, relatively sure. less. And um, it was kind of like, I, we had a lot of people like customers writing and being like, it's like part of being like the secret club. Yeah. Like you see someone, uh, you know, at your gate with an away bag and you kind of give them this like head nod, like <laughs> we know about it. Um, but I think what's, what's also nice is that it still feels that way, you know, even after 150,000 suitcases Yeah. and hopefully when there's like a million suitcases, like it, it still feels like, Hey, we bought into this because it's a great piece of luggage, but also because we care about travel and it like stands for something that I care about. Right. Um, and, and that's what makes it feel kind of like, no matter how many of these there are in the world, um, that, that it's still, it still feels good to be a part of it. You right.
1: Know? Right. Um, we're just starting to wrap up in a, in a bit here, but I just want to ask, so what are the, what are the next things that you're, that you're working <laughs> on? And some of this stuff, like you may not even be able to talk about, but like, you know, cause I did see a magazine launch recently.
2: Yeah. Do you have a copy?
1: It's, um, it's
2: called Here Magazine. Um, we really go for the simple names. Yeah, hey, that's um, good. But it's uh, just so proud of of our editorial team. So Ali Becker is our editorial director. Mm-hmm. Um, she came over from Condé Nast, um, and she uh, she had actually come in. She uh, t- she had like a couple ideas, and she's like, "Hey, are you guys starting a blog? I have like a couple yeah. blog post ideas." And we just like sat in a room for, (laughs) this is is what happens. You sit in a room with me and you just, (laughs) you can't leave for hours. You're like, I'm trying to wrap this up. Um, We sat in a room for so long and we're just so on the same page about like what was missing in like travel publishing and storytelling. And she just like got it. And then uh, a month later, she was like in her office working full time as her editorial director. And we're like, let's start a. I was just like, I don't do a blog. Let's start an editorial site. And let's start a print magazine. And um, last month we launched the first issue of Here Magazine. It has um, Rashida Jones on the cover. I saw. Uh, we went to Stockholm to shoot that. Again, this is not like a tough job by any means. <laughs> um, and and it, it's really fun for us because we, um, it's, it's a great, great way to just kind of like tell the travel stories that we want to tell um and talk about the places that we want to talk about and there's no one to be like to edit the interview right. um or like I don't know how you're going to edit this but um <laughs> you know there it's, it's it's like a great outlet for us but it also it's something that our customers have have been wanting um you know people I I mean you obviously wouldn't know this if you don't like write into our like customer service team mm-hmm. but they will um you know someone will be like hey um like I hadn't like issued my bag, like the UPS guy dropped it off at the wrong place. And like, I leave for Florence tomorrow. This is like a real email that I just read this morning. Like I leave for Florence tomorrow. Like what am I going to do? One, like obviously they took care of it because right. we don't want anyone like stranded, you know, stranded yeah. or, or like missing their way back. They took care of it, but I'm like reading the email and then it's like PS, like have so much fun in Florence. You just stop at this place. It's my favorite pizza place and i'm just like like on what planet like is yeah like is is somewhat is this happening like we've just created this like this thing where um it's just people talking about travel right like if you had emailed like another luggage company about your bag going missing
1: they're like, I, I "Well, know. fill out this form, Yeah, um, and,
2: and we'll get back to you in 3 to yeah. 5 business days." Yeah. Um, they're not like talk and then the the email thread went back and forth. Like they were having like a real conversation. Like my friends don't even email me back this much. Yeah. Um, <laughs> they're like having a real conversation but like things to do in Florence. And I'm like, "That that is really cool. That feels really cool that we've created that kind of like environment and that kind of channel where where it's just like people who love to travel." Yeah. Um, and they talk about it. But to answer your question from like twenty minutes ago, um, we launched this magazine, which has been really cool. Um, we also have a podcast called Airplane Mode. Really? Yeah. See, yeah. I'm out of
1: the loop. I'm Check so it out. I'm so Download enrapped. it on
2: the iTunes. Yeah, I'll,
1: <laughs> I'll I'll plug it.
2: Um and and that's fun. Also, just like travel storytelling. Um, our latest episode was about falling in love while traveling. Oh. Um. I actually like recorded a segment for that and then I I listened to it and I was like oh we can't we can't include this. Oh, uh,
1: see here that's the, so the first thing <laughs> I'll give you some podcasting advice here. No one likes the sound of their own voice.
2: Oh no no, it wasn't about uh the sound of my voice. Oh okay. It was about I I was like I went a little too into detail. Oh. Yeah, about what happened. All right. <laughs> <laughs> All right, yeah, that's uh I was there's like, no I was like yeah. you know what, let's save this one for for later, maybe uh, for, for my of, memoir. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um. So that that podcast is shorter than the others. So <laughs> Cut my segment out. Um. But yeah. So there's a lot of like cool editorial stuff. Um. In terms of just like making things. Mm-hmm. Um. It's it's crazy to believe that we've gotten this big. Um. And we still just sell a suitcase. Mm-hmm. It's one suitcase, a bunch of different sizes. Um. Uh. A lot of different colors. We've done some awesome collaborations. Um, and I think this is also really cool because it, this, uh, the suitcase has become a platform, um, for these like creative collaborations. And I just don't, I mean, we've done one with, um, with like Madewell or like West Elm, but then we have some, I can't even say what they are. It's okay. The story makes no sense, but we can really just like do collabs with anyone because everyone loves to travel. Right. Um, And we've made like the perfect suitcase. It's a good vertical. thing That's great for travel. Yeah. So, and it's also just one of those things that like, and this is actually what gets me most excited. It's not about like when I see um, like an Instagrammer at the airport, like taking a photo with with the away bag, which is cool. But it's like when I see um, kind of like, like a punk, like college kid um, standing in line at the airport. And then there's like a six year old businessman in a suit that comes by and they both have away bags. And that's really cool. Cause it's like, we're making something that resonates with everyone who travels. Right. Like it doesn't matter, it, you know, and, and maybe that speaks to like all, all the phases that I went through in life, but it's just <laughs> about, it's just about people who care about traveling. Yeah. Um. So we want to continue to make like the one perfect everything that you need for travel. Um. You know, I don't, and who knows, maybe I'll listen back to this podcast one day and be like, "Oh, I had no clue what I was talking about. But like right now we don't really have an interest in making like a million suitcases. Um, that was part of the problem in the beginning, right? Like yeah. Right. Too many,
1: at, too many different skews.
2: Yeah. Too many skews, too many choices. You didn't really know what the difference was. Um, right. So like, we're not interested in that. We're like, okay, what, what do you need to travel well? Um, and we'll like, uh, we'll thoughtfully design and manufacture each of those things. Right. Um, we are also opening um, stores, which have been really amazing for us.
1: Uh, yeah, I saw it. there's one right near your office. I mean, uh, well, the one that's opening, but the, the, yeah, you have one in Soho too. Yeah, our New too.
2: York flagship coming soon, um, at 10 bond. Um, we have, uh, the Soho one was a pop-up that was supposed to last three months, still open. Yeah, I was going to say. We just can't, <laughs> we just can't close it. Like there are, there's so many people that like, come in there because um well like New Yorkers obviously very last minute but you also don't think about your luggage until you take it out to pack. Because mm-hmm. the rest of the time it's like under your bed or in your closet. Or if like you're really organized in like a storage facility. <laughs> but you take it out and you're like, oh I need new luggage, but I'm leaving tomorrow at six in the morning. So like the store's been really great for that. But also we've built like an incredible community around um kind of our retail locations. We do ton of like events and programming. Um like really random stuff to like yoga classes and like wine tastings. Oh, um
1: wow. I mean, I saw you've done events in your stores yeah, before. Like mezcal yeah,
2: mezcal tasting coming up. <laughs> um, like Michael Angelacos from Passion Pit did like an acoustic set in there once. Oh wow! Like randomly, <laughs> I wasn't invited. <laughs> uh, <laughs> like walked past the store, I'm like what's going on in there? Um, <laughs> but yeah, it's it's become like a hub for for just people who like love the brand and and we. We do cool things with our brand partners and, um, you know, they might not buy a suitcase. Um, actually they can't buy a suitcase during the events cause like yeah. the store's closed. But, um, but like, guess what? When they pull out that suitcase, the new one We're the first ones they think of. There you go. Um, but retail has been, um, really great for us. We did a lot of kind of testing last year and piloting and, um, and it's, uh, we've found a model that really works and we're opening three more stores before the year's over oh wow a handful more next year so yeah we're staying busy
1: that's that's amazing congrats
2: thank you
1: well this has been a lot of fun I want to thank you so much for being so generous with your time and talking with me um is there any other things that you want to add or mention before we wrap up
2: uh don't that's like a can of worms um No, I mean, this has just been really fun.
1: Oh, cool. This session. Good. Right
2: here, but also building away.
1: (laughs) Well, thanks again, and uh, we'll talk to you soon. Yeah, thanks so much. Bye. You've been listening to Blammo. If you like what you heard, leave a review. It helps let others know and discover the show. Subscribe and listen to new and archive episodes on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Play, or wherever you get your podcasts. You can find me elsewhere on the web on Instagram and Facebook at Blammo Podcast. Or send me an email at jeremy at Hey, one last thing before we wrap up. I've been getting tons of emails from all of you asking questions about, I'm going to start this fashion brand. What do you think? Or I just started wearing this. Or you should talk to this person. Or you should do that. Keep sending them. We're actually going to do a special episode where we take all of your questions and answer them. And it's going to be a lot of fun. We're even going to have a few special guests come and give you answers too. It, it'll be great. So keep sending them on and uh, we'll see you soon.